0: you for listening up, to y'all? the Ricky it's and Clive Wrestling and Podcast. Ricky and we'll see
2: you Wrestling next time. On Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times.
3: Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Rickett and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We apologise for our hiatus last week, it's just one of those instances where neither of Rickett or myself could be with you or could be with each other at the same time and we thought that a solo show wasn't the best in terms of doing a sort of WrestleMania week preview show. But we're back together this week, and it's been a heck of a week so far. uh, And I'm glad to have my co-hosts and partner Ricky, with me tonight. How are you, sir? It's
2: good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to discussing tonight. Although there'll be another short break for one of us for the next few weeks.
3: Yes. It's it's that time of the year again.
2: Where I take my four-week hiatus. Ramadan starts tomorrow. Well no. day one would have been in the books by the time people listen to this.
3: Uh-huh. So correct me if I'm wrong because this happens at different times of the year, does it not? Because I remember it was we had it was during the World Cup year. Maybe twenty twelve, fourteen. And mm-hmm. you were doing Ramadan. But it was during the World Cup and we were playing seven asides after work. And it was really, like, bad heatwave stuff for Scotland people anyway. It was brutal heatwaves. How did you cope during that time? I'm putting you on I the spot just,
2: You just <clears throat> put some water in your mouth and gargle it and spit it right back out. And then you just kind of on with it. The actual game is fine uh, to an extent. It's just kind of after it where you're just kind of desperate for a drink but you can't really have a drink until like 10 o'clock at night Um, obviously that would have been what during like June July time as well Mm -hmm. so it is going to be from 4am till about half past 8 at night I know tomorrow's it's sunset it's 25 past 8 and then every day after that it's like 2 minutes later so the latest we'll be eating is about just after nine.
3: So is it actually better to have Ramadan earlier on in the year because there is more, there's less daylight?
2: But it just gets brought, it comes forward a few weeks mm-hmm. every single year. Just I suppose that's got something to do with the whole, um, like sun and moon and whatnot. Um, so there's not like a specifically set, period of time, like a set time. It's just always thirty days.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Although Saudi Arabia announced on Monday that it was actually that it begins today, Tuesday. But for some reason some different mosques all decide to do it on their own terms and Glasgow have decided it's going to start on the Wednesday, which is kinda of stupid in my opinion. Just, you know, whatever Saudi Arabia say, everyone should kinda of just follow suit. But no no, people like to get their own their own little two cents in and decide to do things differently. But, yeah, for us, it kicks off tomorrow.
3: Sounds like those uh, mosques are going into business for themselves. <laughs> it really does. It really does. I know. Some politics there, um, at play. That's it. But, no, because
2: um, obviously the reason why I can't do it then is because um, we record at half eight. Yep. By the time you're out to the fast opens... By the time you do what you need to do, pray and then actually sit down and get dinner, it's not going to be till at least half nine, quarter to ten before I would come on to do the podcast and that means we'd be up to like 12 o'clock and you're like, nah, yeah, mm. we're fine, we'll pass on that.
3: Yep, so although that's not an open invitation to have some guests on in Ricky's uh, holy absence, but uh, I might reach out to some certain individuals, see if we can get some content in the go. Uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, just so you're not waiting for the the quiz at the end. Neither of us have prepped for a quiz. I had some other prep in mind for tonight. Uh, so I'll make sure next week will specifically be a quiz episode. Uh, and we'll be in touch with you, or I'll be in touch with you in due course with regards to that. Now, with the, with the intros over and done with, it's been a very, very busy week with regards to all things WWE and professional wrestling in general. And I just wanted to shine a spotlight on something before we get into the nitty-gritty of it all, because obviously, Saturday and Sunday, we had WrestleMania. We had some memorable moments. We had some milestones, company milestones. Uh, We had some main event classics. And basically, it was a busy couple of nights on Saturday and Sunday at the Raymond James Stadium in what I'm about to say, seems like it was forever ago, but I really want to shine a bit of light, spotlight on Volter, because this match happened, the first night of the whole WrestleMania week stuff, Volter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT UK title, and I was doing a bit of a sort of tongue-in-cheek review thread thing on Twitter about it, as I was watching it on Wednesday, Thursday morning, but my, I don't know if you've caught up with it yet, Ricky, but that was another instalment of the Volter show, and I think a serious discussion has to be had about Volter being in the top five best wrestlers at the, in the world at the moment. The the guy is just is the only way I can describe him is your. This is quite topical as well. You've got your King Kongs and Godzillas. They're in the they're in theaters or they're on new cinematic releases at the moment. It's like one of those sort of mythical monsters that ends up in a an urban environment and just lays waste to the city around them, And that's what Volter's like. He just waltzes about that ring, chopping folk, suplexing folk, Boston crabbing, power bombing. He is a wrecking machine and it's not even a case of him being hard to watch. It's just exhausting to watch. And I think... now that I've found that niche of wrestling that I like, where it's just an ugly fight it's not fancy or flippy or technically gifted it's just a brawl with wrestling sensibilities in mind volter has got to be up there and I I just, I know that there's going to be some very special matches that we're talking about from Wrestlemania this weekend, but I wanted to give Volta his flowers
2: I think when you look back on it, it, we made such a massive mistake not putting him in mm-hmm. that um, bracketology we had. I was it's thinking just, about it, that. I completely forgot until Josh brought his name up, and I was like, shit. Um, no, see, the thing I like about Walter more than anything is that he's, it, it almost comes across like he's a special attraction because of where he plays his trade predominantly NXT UK and it's not obviously not get the platform, but you know, it's not what NXT is or Raw Smackdown AEW or anything like that. So when he appears on NXT, I think it gives everyone like a bit more excitement to watch the show and the product. And we're like, right, well we're gonna definitely make sure we're gonna watch it now because I say is whether he ever goes to um USA full time or not, don't think he ever will It doesn't seem to have that appetite for it but I like that he gets showcased on NXT um, from time to time as well. And I just think it, it just adds to that horror. Um, I think even though that was like, was it like the second or third match on night one? Mm-hmm. It was match of the week.
3: Um, wow, that's a big big statement there. Because there was a, a few contenders. There was, I still
2: think it was a match of the week. But I think, and we'll touch on it when we get to it, but I think Sasha and Bianca is going to be remembered for longer. You know, I think it wasn't my personal favourite. I would, you know, um, personally, the match I just mentioned, there between the two women was my favourite of the weekend. Um, But I think those two, for me, I can't say stood out because there's a lot of great matches, but I think that's 1A and 1B, however, whatever way you want to put it. Um, you know actually do you know what I think Sasha and Bianca I think when you factor it all in and I think that's the difference between it because of where Sasha and Bianca were mm-hmm. the, the main event in Wrestlemania night one who they are and what they represent I think that means that little that means that, bit, that much more but, um, I felt definitely Volta and um, Champa was definitely the best match of both nights on NXT
3: oh yes yes
2: Um it, you know, uh, Falter's just everything about him is impressive. Like I say, there's just such an aura about him, um, and I do agree with you. It's not sometimes it's not pretty, especially when it goes, goes to the top rope and stuff. It never looks pretty, it never looks natural, but I like that.
3: Uh-huh, yes,
2: because um, it almost shouldn't be natural, if you know what I mean. Like some of the stuff that people do, um, because some of it's so crazy. And I like to see someone looking kind of unsteady up there because you know, you're about to jump off from a significant kind of height Uh onto an extremely hard, solid surface. So, no, um, he's he truly is one of the best wrestlers in the world.
3: Um, He's always going on about the ring is sacred, and I think he saves his turnbuckle spots for when he is struggling. Because in sort of prep for tonight, I watched a few more matches, um, and I watched the... although I'm not a fan of watching it because of all the speaking out stuff last year, I watched the NXT UK match, Volter versus Rampage Brown, and he went up to the top rope again because Rampage Brown, I know of his work in ICW, he is a he is a beast himself, himself. Not that kind of beast when we're talking about UK wrestling, but just the, the a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was a very good match and the it was one of those ones where he did a scoops like he came up and vaulted up the ropes to get Volta. did a scoop slam off the top rope he is a very much a, the ring is sacred and I'll and the whole thing about him going up to the turnbuckle is when he's starting to get scared and I know what you're saying about Bianca and Sasha like I, I've got a lot to say about that as well it's just I think with the last couple of nights, there's been some memorable moments with regards to both sports entertainment and wrestling, because I think both nights had them both, and I think it was a pretty successful WrestleMania. There wasn't much to complain about personally, but I just wanted to shine a wee bit of a spotlight on the, the TakeOvers, because they were, as at time of recording and at time of listening for listeners, it's going to be a week since TakeOver started. And that was a damn fine couple of nights of wrestling. Um, It it was, it was. Really good Um, stuff.
2: Sorry to cut you off, like, I know we'll keep it, we'll quickly briefly touch on TakeOver. Um, I felt Night 1 was, maybe not by far, but I think certainly better than Night 2. I agree. Um, Night 1 obviously had, like we said, the Champion, the triple threat tag match. No real surprise MSK win because obviously they come in into the the dusty and win it. Beat the vets. Beat the vets again in a triple threat match you're involved in. I would like to see that just, the,
3: just the two of them. Yep. Yep, definitely.
2: I think they will go down that route. Um I, you know, again it's just the NXT tag team tag team match so like, you know. They the, the never a, a disappointment. <laughs> um, the other, the other match as well on night one that that I enjoyed. I did enjoy the women's um, uh, match. Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez. I think I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Raquel Gonzalez.
3: If I'm honest. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big fan.
2: I know you are. You know that yourself. Um, yep. I absolutely love you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I suppose, in a sense, it. I don't have too much of an issue with the fact that it took the title off you, but at the same time, you know, I would like to keep it on her. But then it comes down to, you know, challengers and credible challengers, etc. Fresh matchups. Mm-hmm. I, think I was it... surprised. Sorry, last last call point was yeah. um. I was surprised uh of the winner of the gauntlet match.
3: So was I, he's been quite quiet recently, has Bronson Reed?
2: I thought it was going to be Um what's his name? Dexter?
3: The Dexter Loomis? The bold Dexter Loomis. Mm-hmm.
2: And also Pete Dunning and um Kushida was a good match as well.
3: <sighs> it pains me to say it. But this was just a generic match for me. Right. Uh, I've really struggled to get on board with Kushida. There's been flares of his excellence, but I've not seen enough of it. And I don't know if that's Kushida's fault or Triple H's fault, but it's not there yet. And it was a shame to see Pete Dunne in a match that I didn't care about, because I, I usually care about every match he's in. So, But it's it's happened. Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne got the win, Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Right, that's good. That's fine then. Uh you know I'm a big fan of Raquel Gonzalez. I think I think maybe even in the, the ladder match that they had at the when they did the takeover over a couple of nights at WrestleMania last year and Gonzalez showed some promise and she had the big blowout match with Rhea Ripley. Then the mm-hmm. then specifically it was a war games match. I don't know if it was one of those ones that was pretty easily telegraphed, but I told myself, right, Rhea Ripley had a super-duper performance in the War Games match. She's taken the title off of Vio so it's probably one of those personal biases that I think, right, I've kind of predicted this, so I'm happy that it happened, but I don't think, I struggle to think of where Raquel Gonzalez has put a foot wrong. She's a powerhouse, um and I think Io Shirai's very aerial offense helped highlight that because Io Shirai did all the moonsaults and stuff, but Raquel just caught caught her no problem. And there was there was a specific point in the match where Eosurai jumped off the skull Titantron thing, mm-hmm. and usually that's fine; it happens. You you kind of get saturated to it, but it was the, the smash off the the grating underneath. It sounded really sore. I thought that was a really, really good spot purely because of the sound that was added to it. And I just think Io Shirai's aerial offence worked so well with Raquel Gonzalez's um, powerhouse mentality, able to catch Io Shirai with ease. And it was a perfect pairing. And I was glad to see that those two worked well because I thought I really want to see Gonzalez as a champ. I wasn't sure how the match would go, but I... Personally, that was one of the highlights of the week, that match.
2: Well, it's that classic big and little, isn't it? Like how Brock Lesnar's predominantly a lot of his better matches have been like, saying yes. with smaller people. I think... I don't want to say something like, because it's almost derogatory, that EO um, had to take it down a notch, or or, or you know... I had to like slow down and and allow Raquel to try and get on that level with Raquel because mm-hmm. we just know Raquel Gonzalez can't keep up with you, should I? There's just no, you know, there's a gulf and class and ability between them. Um, like I say I thought it was fine. Um, it's not a match that I'm going to remember much <laughs> of in the future. If, you know, it's not a match I'm going to go back and watch. I think there was probably Walton champion that triple threat match or two matches. From that show, that I'd be like, I'm definitely, I would definitely go back and watch it. Um, my only issue was the finish with Vaultland Champa. I know those chops are insane, but they're incorporated into his normal offense. within it. you know, that was the only thing I had a slight issue with. Um,
3: kind of, yep i I do accept that uh, complaint that people may have and that you've got. Uh, I've not really got much of a defence for it, it's just that I wasn't bothered when it happened. It's mm-hmm. like, how many chops can you take off this guy? No, it's true,
2: and, and while we're on night before quickly moving on to night two, I want to give a shout out to Josh. Josh carried that Facebook uh, I know, thing I know, I
3: pretty that. much by himself. Yep, it was, I went in on uh, Thursday morning and I just saw the Facebook, it was just Josh, 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 so shout out to Josh.
2: Because I'm, I'm I was like, I was, I was, as it was kind of, um, as I saw it, like the first few comments from Josh and then I think, I don't know if it was like eight or nine or ten comments into it and he was like, I just don't care, I'll do this more if no one else wants to join me here. <laughs> so no, uh, night one was excellent. Um, night two, we obviously had um, Cole and O'Reilly. Um which Finn Balor and Carrying Cross.
3: No, no, no. You, you say what you're going to say first.
2: I didn't have an look, Carrying Cross winning the title doesn't bother me because I felt like it was almost it was going to happen. You know, he, he won the title from Keith Lee and then dropped it like, you know, straight away because of an injury. So it didn't I'm just I'm not that I don't want to say I'm not a fan of Rens from carrying cross. I'm just, I'm also like, oh, okay. You're not um, yes, uh, okay. Overly yes Yes, Cole and O'Reilly um, thought it was great. Thought it was really, really good. I would are Probably just slightly below, I would say. Um, uh, Champa and. Falter, maybe the second best match of TakeOver alongside the tag match I think, I think those two were kind of right next to one another as well, I hate I'm going to say this, I enjoyed the Cruiserweight match (laughs) with uh, uh, Jordan Devlin and I mean, Mr.
3: Escobar as well. Yeah. Um, how how many times have you seen a moonsault off the top of a ladder? None, maybe? <sighs> Part from the wrestling, I'm talking to
2: John Devon here right now, just isn't in
3: question. He, you know? He's he is he said it himself leading into that Tyler Bate match last year. Nobody has improved better in the last three years than I have. And I believed him fully at that point. It's just his his shrewd character has come into massive disrepute and I uh, struggled to enjoy it because of that to be honest with you
2: it is a struggle it is. And, 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 and to think back I remember that OTT uh, promo of him and uh, a <laughs> uh, thingy um, David Starr
3: Star. I, just, just,
2: I remember watching that promo and be like oh my god and now fast forward like 12 or 18 months you're like you're saying, oh my God, for different reasons when it comes to those two. Um, right. But no, night 2 is fine. I wasn't a fan of the women's tag match.
3: Um, Shrotsy's no. racking th- up too many botches for my liking. She needs to mm. calm it down a bit. I think Shotsi's think- a great character, but the amount of time she's doing the Daredevil stuff and it doesn't work. It's like you're exposing yourself a wee bit, Shrochi. could um, have
2: ju- Could have just given us like 15 minutes or... Of- Ember versus Candice, and then just rant yeah. a finish <laughs> involving a lot of if you wanted. Yep. Um, I would be on board for that. Um, Bronson Reed and Gargano was fine. That was fine. Like it was fine. Like I don't, you know, not going to sit and rave or or, or you know, um, say anything negative about it. It was just fine, you know. But um, yeah, I say night one. Looking back on it, I think night one probably was. Significantly better,
3: actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like three bona fide, like, absolute great matches on night one. Uh huh. I think. Uh, I mean, the the match was fine in night one, but I think after that it was just constant, and I thought it was fantastic. Night one, um, mm-hmm. night two. You've said a lot of things I agree with, with regards to the carrying cross Finn Balor match. I said a few weeks ago when it was Finn Balor versus Pete
4: Dunne.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Balor wrestles a, a visceral style that I'm personally not on board with, but then he there was a match, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but there was a match with Adam Cole, and Finn Balor pulled him up for a suplex and walked back the way to make sure he was suplexed onto the steel grating, and that just changed my entire opinion on Finn Balor. And watching this match, um, the the regular shots to the ribs, th- like it's probably was the liver. Actually, with the whole liver carry on, mm-hmm. uh, and Finn Balor just playing the card of, "I'm here for the cold, calculated wrestling. You're here for the emotion." Uh, the liver spot, the when carrying cross was wrapped up in the ropes. And Finn Balor was just whipping him with roundhouses to the ribs. I was really, really enjoying that match to the point where I was enjoying it more than I was Champa and Volta. But I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Considering Karrion Cross has got many submissions in his arsenal, uh, many suplexes in his arsenal, that club to the back of the head, that is weak to me. I I I can't I can't abide it. To be honest with you, it's like considering all the other stuff he's done, the club, and it's a weak forearm. It's not like a it's not a, a dread to bring him up, but Will Osprey's see that sort of brutal yeah, uh, back tricep. Oh, o- Osprey's awesome though.
2: Osprey is, is like uh-huh, but you know there's, there's a
3: menace behind a lot of his work. Aye, see that tricep that move yep. he does with the tricep. Mm-hmm. What Karrion cross did to Finn Balor like, I'm sorry, I just I can't accept that considering all his other moves and it, it really took the wind out of the sails for that match for me because I was all for saying right, this this has been the best match of the takeovers, takeovers plural for me and uh, just deflated, deflated for me uh, I've got no problems with Karrion Cross's charisma his catchphrases the the whole package with regards to Scarlet Bordeaux, everything is all great. But in the ring there's just something missing from him. I I'll be I'll be honest, the match that he had with Escobar a few a good few weeks ago was sensational, but I I personally wasn't ready for Finn Balor to lose the title. I'll just leave it at that. I just wasn't ready for it. Um Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. It's what you would expect, and I thought that it was very innovative use of a chain, like a literal chain, uh, with using it as a sort of like a booby trap type thing, and I've it was fine, like I wasn't thinking, wow, this is fantastic or anything, I just enjoyed it, I've got my issues with Adam Cole's noodly arms these days, but he always puts on a fun match, so it was good fun, and it was nice to see Kyle Riley get a big win. And I, I did enjoy... It was one of those ones with Kyle Riley's entrance music. I would like to sit with some headphones and just listen to that away from the visual side of it. I think that was some good mm-hmm. good tunage there.
2: We're going to get Kyle Riley in Cole. the we've got Champ and Gargano.
3: Oh, I don't...
2: Because Gargano won the first match-up, didn't he? And then it was... Um, the second one, Champa one, mm-hmm.
4: um,
2: you know, so I wouldn't, I'd expect him to run it back and Cole gets one, and then you go to a decider. <laughs> so I know you're saying you 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 wanted Finn to retain. You obviously get a rematch, whether that's going to be at a takeover or just on uh, we'll NXT. TV. We'll see. Yeah. Um, what what, what direction? Would you like them to take Finn in? Because I
3: have an idea of what I would like to see. Um, it's one of those ones where I said that it all clicked together for me after that backwards walking suplex. Like he's, he's done a lot of good work since he came back to NXT, has Finn Balor. And right now, I'm unsure, and I think. I know this this move to Tuesday nights the, Triple H has been talking about the lead in from Raw and that's all well and good, but I think there's I, I think we're in um, taking the putting the kayfabe cap on, taking the kayfabe cap off right now. We're recording on Tuesday night. Uh, so NXT is still to happen. This is the first night it's gonna be on Tuesday. I think we're in for a big night tonight. Uh so with regards to Finn Balor, I'm not—I sure, really don't know, but I think there's going to be some surprises in store. Maybe, maybe even, although, am I right in saying there weren't any NXT call-ups from on Raw? No, I don't think so. Maybe even
2: we get someone going down the way. I don't like to say going down the way. Let's say going across the way.
3: Fair enough. Okay. You
2: know, you know, you know what? I'd like to see what happened with uh, Finn. What's that? Triple H spoke about NXT UK takeover again and says that obviously if they could, they would have it right now. But they're like, obviously we can't need to wait and see what the government over here are saying. Do mm-hmm. you remember where the next takeover was supposed to be before the pandemic?
3: Dublin. Do you remember what the match was supposed to be? Oh, do you know, if you're talking about the Austrian anomaly himself, that was, yes. the, match, that was the match I was looking forward to most from last April.
2: Oh, I was looking forward to that so much. Like, That's so bad, the right? match I want to see. I want to see Volta versus Finn now.
3: Like very much so. I'd like to go down that route. Because they've both got a visceral style and I think Volta Walter, Volter's just got that destruction about him. But Finn's got that calculatedness about him and I think I really think that would be for. Th- this is one of those matches for the, the sort of work rate marks, and that's fine because that's allowed now and again. I think that would be a fantastic match, and I would more than welcome. Wh- when is the Dublin takeover? Can you remember? I. Do you have I eaten?
2: don't know, have they rescheduled it.
3: No, they've, probably they've rescheduled it a few times.
2: So again, I think it's just because it's different over Ireland right now. Like, didn't they go back into lockdown? Like, I think they're still in lockdown or not. I don't know. Um, so I, it just depends. All I it know just is... just depends what's happening in Ireland.
3: All I know is I can book a haircut now. That's all. <laughs> yep. Need to get Got your pal. last week. Need to get your pal to give me a haircut now.
2: Well, he done mine. Came out of my house and done it.
3: Scheduled. In the back garden. <laughs> in the back garden. You should have taken
2: but It was picture. a nice, nice, hot, sunny day too. What... People from different households are all out to mingle now. Oh
3: no, I'm not. I'm not getting on it. You with that it's just a random place to get your haircut. <laughs> I know,
2: but it was because they didn't want to come into the house or anything, so we just out in the back garden, sat down. Nice hot day. Mm-hmm. Um, 20th of June,
3: 2021, the Three Arena in Dublin, Ireland.
2: See, I think that's what we were saying. So it's just a case. I'm still waiting to see what the what what's going to happen. Like June's just around the corner. Like I can't imagine. Well, you say that right. But the Euros are in like what June and July stuff, and there's going to be fans there. But I suppose the difference is that those are outside stadiums, and they're a hell of a lot bigger. But like Wembley, I think there's anticipated to have about twenty to twenty-five thousand. But that's about about somewhere between twenty-five and thirty percent of their actual capacity. Um, mm. Well, yeah, probably closer to. Um, 25, or maybe, sorry, closer to 30, I think, cause it's about 75,000, 80,000 down there, I think. But also, there's going to be fans up here at Hamden as well, but I think not as much, as not as many as that, obviously, because Hamden's not as big as Wembley. Well,
3: are are um, the Euro, Euros in the UK just this this year?
2: They're thingy. They're like all over Europe. So Because of what's happened? The, well, I think that was our, that was our bloody. That was an idea all along, but the I don't know if it's all the knockouts are going to be in England, but certainly the semi finals and the final are in England. And I think the way it works out, England could always potentially be playing every single game down in Wembley or whatever what stadium in England. So two for so Scotland, two matches are up here in Hamden. And then the the final one or the third one is against England down there. So yeah, we'll wait and see what happens, but that's definitely the route I would go down. Um,
3: as far as I'm aware, I remember I was on uh, five years ago, and they've got some Irish representation, and they, they were. I think they're a bit stricter with regards to the lockdown stuff. So,
2: oh, they are, they are uh,
3: definitely. Um, yeah, Finve like I don't care how, I don't care why. If I was Triple H, I would say to Walter, yep, you've you've got yourself a wee return ticket from wherever you're staying in Florida. S- stay until the 13th of April instead of the 6th of April. H- have a wee altercation with Finn because that, that was on the cards. Like, yep. Yeah. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure Finn was on NXT UK a couple of weeks. Uh, oh he was? He was? I would have it, like, okay, I, I, from my limited experience of what's going on with NXT UK at the moment he's, t- he's taken out Rampage Brown he beat Elia Dragunov I will need to watch back again from what I've seen there's not much left for Walter to take on in terms of recent like just fucking let Finn Balor go over let him see his dad shout out by the way I this was one of those ones I saw early in the morning. Am I right in saying the the Hardy father passed away during the night? Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Jeff and Matt's uh, dad because he was looking after him on his own for quite some time, as far as I'm aware. So shout out to Father Hardy. That's a hard one to take, it always is. No, I know. Finn versus Walter. Um, That
2: leads us to. Saturday and Sunday.
3: I know we spent an awful lot of time talking about the old, the old NXT, which I'm glad we did. To be honest with you.
2: Just a quick one before we move on to, and I'll keep it extremely brief. Just a one quick sentence. Was it um, Dynamite was good again um, on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know some of the guys were at a few shows over the weekend or during the week as well. So, just a guys. Um, but yep Dynamite was good and
3: and the wedding's the night wars are now over aye uh, but the old NXT get the higher rating at the end (laughs) who cares I know but it's just funny that like it's one of those ones that'll that'll be remembered more we'll
2: see Um, Mania yes I I enjoyed those little promos people were were cutting, um, before like that half hour or so. Of the yep. delay it was. Uh-huh. I enjoyed them. Um, quick, brief breakdown for me, if you don't mind, before we kind of dive into it a little bit. Please do. Um, Drew and Bobby Lashley opened. I Thought it was a good opener. Thought I thought it was a it was a, it was a good match. Didn't like the finish, if I'm honest. No. Nope. Um, didn't like Bobby winning, but we know that because we like Drew. But I just just didn't. Just to finish, at the end, I wasn't a fan of. Um, and those, and I know we spoke about it in our WhatsApp group with the other guys, those camera cuts, I I know they do it a lot, but it was just, I think it was during that um, Lashley and Drew match, I was like, oh my goodness, this is way too much. And I actually counted it during one of the the Hurt Lock, I can't remember what Hurt Lock, what was, it, I don't know if it was the first second one, but it was like 14 different cuts, and I'm like... I'm just like that's too much it's
3: just it was too much. I d- um I don't know if it's just I'll just quickly try in here. I don't want to talk about camera cuts tonight but No, no though. I don't want to talk about it in general. The the only time that I spotted them being distracting was Big E versus Apollo. Like right. see literally the start of the match when they were rattling each other with kendo sticks. That was it. Like that's the only time I can remember thinking, Oh, right. that's a bit much but let's let's move on.
2: Um second match was that women's The match was just a farce. Just an absolute <laughs> farce.
3: Loved it though. Loved um
2: it. Like it was proper car crash stuff and I wouldn't like just like Lana botching for the Natalia and the uh, what's her fate, um Tamina. Like Tamina had a great
3: weekend by the way.
2: She did she 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 done well, but that moment I was kind of like we're standing there and they're the and getting a position. Oh I to her, know like, oh, that, my was,
3: goodness. that was awful. Oh, um,
2: and then you moved on and it, to me that you, you moved past that um, what came on after that again uh, what was on after that
3: After the... oh
2: Seth, Seth and Cesaro jeez um, that was really good
3: as well I, lo- I love that UFO move I love
2: it yeah, uh, it was I really enjoyed that match and 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 I, I remember getting into it watching the hype video and, and I say in into over like um messenger group, uh, with a social superplex guy he's just saying like I hope that bloody um the entire match isn't going to resol- revolve around this swing. And it did a little, um but it was still such a good match and the fact that it was a Definitive win as well from Cesaro It was always going to be if Cesaro was going to win Kind of thing Um thought it was really good I thought Seth looked fantastic as well
3: Seth's just um, a, mar- a marvel of a man Yeah I thought he was excellent
2: um, You know and then We had AJ Styles and almost Taking on a new day Omos uh, is, is my new favourite wrestler <laughs> Um yep. I'm going to touch on something once we get into it, right? uh, I enjoyed that match for what it was as well. Uh, I liked it. And the crazy thing about that match was the new days, but it was like they were working as the heels in a sense. You know, it was crazy because it it was building up as you build up to like the hot tag and suddenly they're the ones that are cutting off because they don't want this big giant to come in and destroy them. But then when almost comes in, it's just like, oh God. Like, you know, it's almost like, how the heels finally realised about to get their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun and Shane, I mean, really, only two good two moments from that match was that when Braun ripped the steel cage apart and Shane taking that insane bump. Um, uh, yeah. And then we had Bad Bunny and Damien Priest versus Miz and Morrison. First point of that match was um, I love John Morrison's hair.
3: I don't actually. <laughs> I
2: do. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was fine. Um, you know, you don't expect much from them, but I think you got a lot more than you would have expected and anticipated. Oh, oh, oh uh, right, of course. And uh that says the main event we can discuss in detail. Um but I yeah. say I thought night one was good bar bar that second match. Um I didn't really have a complaint about any other match, if I'm honest. Bar, you know, Now the outcomes maybe.
3: That's one of those ones that will just... There'll, n- there'll never be a, a set answer for. But the... Just very quickly, what was the... I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Braun... Braun's Hardcam moment when he was saying, for all those that have dealt with bullying, uh, when it it was... When Seamus... as uh, Seamus, my God. When Shane had fallen off the cage onto the, the mat and uh, mm-hmm. Bron Showman said this is for all you folk who have been building and all that and it was just thank you it, 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 okay there was a bullying anti-bullying thing going on there but that was a message to the fans that have put up with the Thunderdome and the performance in a closed set stage arena for the year the thank you to the fans I really appreciated what Bron did that that moment and I, I loved, loved that to be honest with you I think For me, personally, it was a a different viewing experience because I was watching it with my seven-year-old daughter and for the latter part of it, I was watching it with my wife. So it wasn't a case of me watching it thinking, super analysing the matches and all the work rate and stuff. I had a a different mindset watching it. So with my daughter watching it, we were watching the main event as well and it was just like one of those ones I'd rather that my daughter knew that it was fake because there's a lot of violent stuff going on. So I'd dr- say, listen, these guys these guys and girls, they're all best pals backstage. They're all good pals. They just put on a show. It's a TV show with gymnastics. I broke combined. kayfabe? I broke kayfabe, it <laughs> uh, had to be done. I think it's only fair. So she was asking a lot of questions and the wife and I were explaining a lot of things about how they're they're good friends. They're all very experienced gymnasts and parkour people. I went into a lot of detail about the Bianca and Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks match. So that was one of those matches that I watched after the fact. Um late earlier on this evening actually. Personally uh, I I enjoyed night twos wrestling more. Apart from Bianca and Sasha we'll, we'll touch on those later on in terms of going into detail with some of the bigger matches. Wrestling-wise, I really enjoyed night two. I thought that was more of a... an indie mania night. Uh, I thought the Personally, I thought the, the Sheamus and Matt Riddle match was fascinating because I don't know if you caught this mood, Ricky, but Sheamus looked as if he didn't want to be there. Or he looked as if... He despised that he was working with Matt Riddle. Probably that. And, and Probably he, that. It like, looked as if he was in a shoot for a lot of the yes. night. And that that uh, broke kick, while Matt Riddle was midair, was in midair, was fantastic.
2: I don't... Beautiful, just like as I said in the group chat, just like it was reminding me of Cole and Ricochet. Aye, this uh, is
3: awesome. Just, I'm convinced that Seamus she- was not happy with being in the ring with Matt Riddle, and he was more than happy to garner a few receipts in that match because he was hammering in with the the chess clubs just that was fascinating to watch Um, so personally I think the wrestling on night two was better but the sports entertainment on night one was better barring and and we'll happily talk to you talk with you about that now but Bianca Sasha was like really good after second rewatch
2: See, I, I thought night one was by far the better night. Right. Um, I think so. If, you, if we just kind of just get into it, I suppose. Um, it. I, I've always gave my thoughts on Bobby and Drew and obviously the, that elimination chamber match. Elimination chamber?
3: <laughs> <laughs> random, tag team turmoil. <laughs> random night. Here, can I just say, I texted you beforehand saying I'm looking forward to the tag team turmoil match because. I think that WWE main roster puts on some fantastic multi woman matches. This was disastrous, but it was hilarious. Like it was so bad it was great. I, so think, I still I enjoyed think,
2: it. I think you you probably must have forgotten that really there's only two good wrestlers that are involved in that match. <laughs> and one of them went out first and the I, other one came in at the very end. I I In saying that, um I do like Ruby Riot. Um but uh, uh, for me, like I said, I've kind of touched on the first three matches, but I want to touch on the almost AJ Styles match. Okay, it went the way you expected. I expected AJ to do majority of the work, and almost to come in and just kind of kill them off and, and get the win. Almost looked so happy to be there. I'm not going to lie; like he, you could see the smile on his faces and just how much fun he was having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tweeted it, and when he when in Xavier Woods kicked him, almost shrugged shrugged off and looked. At him. I was like, you a bitch," and I was just like, "I love you, I I fucking love that guy." And I know Jeremy was tweeting, and I think some of the other guys were like, "Just put all the fucking titles on him now." But right. I'm I'm on board for that. Hey, um, I but the, the thing. Two uh, seconds, sorry. On a serious note, almost done something during that match, and I was just like, "How straight away?" I was like, "Take note, just about every other fucking wrestler." So. <laughs> Xavier Woods. Um, uh, so he, he ran he ran the ropes, um, ducks under almost, o- and um, Kofi gets a blind side blind tag, and then Xavier Woods bounces off almost, and almost is like looking at him the ground. Meanwhile, um, Kofi's climbed the top turnbuckle, and almost is still staring at Xavier Woods, and you know where I'm going with this, right? And it was only as Kofi kind of crouches down and he's now starting to uh, begin the process of launching himself off. Not yet left the turnbuckle, but it, probably at the point where like, I'm too late now. I have to go through with it because I can't physically stop myself. So as he's just about to jump off, almost turns around and watches him and catches him. I'm like, take fucking note. This guy <laughs> is green as hell did not stand there like an idiot staring at Kofi he looked at him at the last possible moment and was like no no what you're doing and like, I, as soon as he'd done that I was like do you know what Like, I was impressed with that alone I was like that was uh-huh. that was excellent that was really really well done
3: I thought uh, his finisher is basically D'Lo Brown sky high yep. but he's got at least a foot and a half on Deal Brown so it looked <laughs> yeah. like that much better and I think almost you could clearly see he was in a good mood that night. And I think as well, I want to give a big shout out to Dabakato slash Babatunde. Uh, <laughs> um, I I thought that I th- I think Babacato, whatever you want to call him, was perfect casting. And I know I'm jumping the gun a bit, but perfect casting to be Apollo's Apollo Cruz's muscle. Uh, even just down to the fact that he was wearing the sort of army general blazer as well, I thought that was a a magical touch concerning the story that, considering the story that Apollo's been telling the last few weeks, that Mm -hmm. he's part of Nigerian royalty, and Nigerian royalty, Nigerian royalty is quite militarily enthused just seeing Dabaketo come down with the general's jacket uh, clearly he's going to be the, the silent muscle for Apollo going forward, and he looked very very comfortable in that ring. He only did a couple of things, like it was a thumb to the neck and a slam or something. But it, there was no there were no nerves on his face, none at all. And I think Omos and D'Avicato shout out. That's a WrestleMania main event in the making. <laughs> aye, I know aye, that, no, that is isn't it? That's one of those Vince's wet dream. I know, but both both gentlemen had no nerves that night and if they did they hit it very well so big shout out to the pair of them
2: it, it, the other thing about almost was um the fact see that image at the end where AJ climbs up on top of him sitting sitting on his shoulders and uh-huh. they're celebrating winning the title like AJ in the title just looks so small compared to almost it's crazy. But I like I said I enjoyed that match. I really did.
3: I, I I've gathered that I <laughs> <laughs> <a> love almost <laughs> Aye, um, and moving on a bit, you've got to give a bit of credit to Bad Bunny.
2: Oh, definitely.
3: I think he, his attire is dreadful. Like, his general demeanour is dreadful. But you can tell, despite those two feelings, that he was thoroughly enthused. And I, I think the whole Logan Paul thing was, like, didn't need that at all. To tell that story,
2: listen. I want to touch on Logan Paul in a second once right. we get to that, right? We'll but do. I've got a
3: point to make about him, right? I, well, we'll do because I've got a couple of things to say as well. But Bad Bunny, he had a a great night, and you, I, you, I thoroughly enjoy a Canadian destroyer. So to see a, a, a wee cheeky Canadian destroyer out in the apron, uh, and I explained to my daughter when we were watching, it's like this guy, he's actually a rapper. Um, he's really big in the music world he's not an actual wrestler but he's been training since January so I, I like to keep I like to do some shoot explanations for my daughter when we're watching and she was, she thought the whole see the bunnies mm-hmm. do you know what I was hoping for the most remember Adam Rose had a, <laughs> a no, remember Adam Rose had this ongoing rivalry with a bunny Yep. Like I was desperate for that person to be revealed <laughs> Like, so much, I was like, oh, yes, we're finally getting it. Like, I was choking for it. Did you see the bunny with one ear it fell? No, I didn't. I saw... One of the ears fell off. I saw Mandy Rose uh, take a, a fall, mind yeah. you. But, I was, like, partially gutted that we didn't get a, a bunny reveal, but my daughter loved the Bad Bunny match, and she's not even heard of Bad Bunny before that, so it's one of those yeah. ones. Need, you and I have spoken a couple of times on this show about we are not the target audience. Oh, definitely not. And it's the youngsters. And Bad Bunny was a big deal. So, and the fact no. that he pulled out a few, he was the 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 wrestler in peril for a a mighty portion of the match. I think it worked out well. I think that experiment worked out very well.
2: That was. A, a big that was a big surprise as well like how long he was in the ring for as well um props to miz and morrison like proper mm-hmm. pros real good man like you know they done what they had to do and they they done it exceptionally well um but yeah um like i say bad body, like you go into those kind of matches not expecting anything you're just like this could be a toilet break or whatever but when you saw it and you were like do you know what like in a story around Randy Orton, he was like, he's been training, he's been working, you can see it, and I was like, well, it came through, you could see he was, he was, he'd put some work in, and what I liked, was as he got up into the ring, apparently, he, like, he, he wipes his shoes, as he was, before he was into the ring, I'm sure that might have to do with the fact, it might be a moisture line moisture around, but it was, you know, for the old school people, it's like, I'll clean my shoes before I enter
3: this sacred area. Always appreciate seeing um, that, I always do. So,
1: no, um,
2: moving on to the Braun match, you, t- you said something and it, and it kind of hit home for me as well like, and, and it made me think of Braun. When you watch it, especially with your kids, you have a different perspective. You realise that, mm-hmm. as we always say, that we're not the target audience all the time. Certain things are not made for us and a lot of people at our age forget that. But when you watch it with the kids and I watched um, Night One again, on the Sunday, my seven-year-old, and as Braun was ripping the cage apart, he was just like, like, oh, my God, like, look how strong he is. He can do that. And then when Shane falls off, he was like, oh, my God. And it made me realise, I'm like, yeah, like, bronze for the children. Yes. That kind of freaking HR, all that stuff he does. And then I'm like, and I, as, you, as we both know, watching him wrestle with the young kids, you kind of, you oh. understand certain things from a different perspective. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I don't like that, but I know why I don't like that. But you like it. But it's it's made for you and not me. Um so that like I said, those two moments in the Braun match were crazy. But the thing that really and how we let Braun climb back into the ring after launching Shane off it and ripping it apart and like, just climb out. That bloody your finishing move um run power was just there's just no need for that like, you didn't you just climb the hell out I maybe know. it was like no i'm in the face i've got the pin on blah 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 but it was just like I say, bronze time for me is gone you know we're, we're two I three years enough. whatever is gone from that time but like i say is for the youngsters for the kids and what not like you know he's always going to kind of be like this oh wow special attraction like oh my god he does this and that kind of thing
3: and it's not. He's not. He's not eating those. I know. I. I. I'd, I'd actually said this a couple of years ago that Braun's a very much a. He's a wrestler for the kids. Uh, that I'm pretty sure I can't remember where if it was a documentary or something, or one of those access shows at WrestleMania. But he was doing the autograph signings, and he was doing the um, showing his guns off to the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what he's there for. And with his anti-Bullying message and the sort of anti-anti-Covid message as well, said thank you. When you said thank you, like I was personally touched by that. It's like you're you're very welcome, Bron. You're not everyone's cup of tea. Um, you may not be booked as well as you should be, but you worked during a difficult time. And you put in a shift, and you you dealt with a r- brutal swamp match. <laughs> so you're well, you're welcome, Bron. And I I remember saying to you personally that there's going to be a, an awful lot of this. I'll be fast forward, but it's over here in the UK, so I need to wait till the Sunday morning to watch these WrestleManias. Well, this Monday morning, my daughter got up. I was like, right, come on, we'll just sit and watch it all she loved that stuff, she loved she's very much goodies versus baddies so mm-hmm. I appreciate what Bron did and I, I, to be honest I appreciate that I kind of had to watch it all because we saw we saw Bron Strowman giving that sort of thank you message and I saw Bad Bunny put in a good shift in a good sports entertainment match, that, that wasn't a wrestling match that was a sports entertainment match but the main event, what I noticed, it might have even been both nights, what was the second last match on night two? Was that Asuka and Rhea Ripley? Asuka and uh, Rhea Ripley. They didn't have the death spot in either night. Which was no, nice to see.
2: I, I, um, I don't like that. You know, I want to see fucking
3: I, <laughs> I want to see start... escalate.
2: Exactly. I want to just just keep building up and up and up and up. And I get, I get why you might want to put like, 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 like well, let's calm everyone back down, bring everyone back down a little bit before this main event. I get that, but I think maybe in another year they might have done it differently. But because mm-hmm. it was the first show back with fans, they were like, "If that we're just uh, going to I go th- through it and we're going to build up pace and keep going and keep going." I um, think
3: that's something. That and, the, and, your Wrestle Kingdoms do well. It's like build up over the night. Don't don't have um,
2: peaks and troughs. No, just end it with banger after banger. Um, Five
3: star bangers And, and,
2: and, and, uh, and funny, funny enough I don't think a single match went over 20 minutes
3: On night one I think the longest match of the whole week Was Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly Right And the rest of them were
2: The Roman triple threat match went 20 oh. But none 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 on night one Went more than 20 And the Roman uh, triple threat match Was the longest match of the main, of Mania weekend and that was like 22, 23 minutes or
3: something. Well, I've got a few things to say about that match, but before we go there, let's let's have a good, a right good chat about Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, because... Yep. First,
2: first of going. all, shout-out to Michael Cole. Yes. First time ever two black women a main event on WrestleMania. Shout-out to Ricky as well, because Ricky did say this two months ago, that this should be the WrestleMania main event. Mm-hmm. Um... It sends a message. says sends a powerful message. I know we had the uh, Charlotte, Becky, Ronda Rousey triple threat match close a few, a few years back. This sends a more powerful message.
3: I, am I opinion.
2: Not Because that was the first ever women's WrestleMania main event. Excellent. Well overdue. We needed it. But we just had two women, but two women of colour main event. And what we said about Kofi was... And, and there was racial connotations throughout that story. I, mean, Kofi, I keep saying with Biden Saxon constantly talking about, um, you know, we people like us need to work twice as hard to get as twice as hard to get as half as far or whatever whatever yep. it is. Uh-huh. And then you tie in the fact that there's this white billionaire holding a black man down. Um, you know that image of those two staring at each other, like really struggling to keep themselves composed. Yep. Um, was just phenomenal, like that isn't even, I, I don't, like, at the end of the day, I don't know how influential wrestling is, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a couple of young black girls watching that saying, well, they've done it. Why can't I? You know, uh, kind of thing. So it sends out such a powerful message. And a and good thing about it it was not, that wasn't like a wee, I don't know if I said the right term, but that wasn't like a, like a wee, Paper gesture, it wasn't just a like, oh, we just need to do it just to appease people, it was warranted and fully deserved. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, especially after in... the fact,
2: yep, I'd seen Sasha's emotion smiling and stuff, and it was just excellent to see everyone so happy for them. Um, this was a match I was most excited for of, of the entire week, as I say, um, but I was so nervous as well, like, I was just like, oh my god, please. I'm begging you please produce, not even just a good match, like produce like an all-time classic. And it went like 16 odd minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some awesome moments in it as well, like where Bianca's fucking, Sasha dies through the ropes and they roll around, but Bianca picks her up and um, gets in like the uh, military pass and carries her up the stairs and launches her back in the ring. The, the, the hair... Spot as well, and, and what oh. market left on Sasha and the noise it made as well. But you know, you know. I think, sorry, I'm going on, but I'll let you speak in a second. The great part about this match, I thought, was there wasn't that chaotic final two or three minutes where it was big move after big move, high spot after high spot. It was. It wasn't. It was so calm, composed, and it and it 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 didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel out of nowhere. It was perfect. I thought that finish. It was. It was not yep. suddenly. You know. 100 miles an hour it was just it was very well done a um, couple of botches not from them but like when Michael Cole didn't get the call right at the end I was like oh doesn't bother me I'm just I'm just saying and the ring announcer had the botch as well announcing kind of if it was Ruby Riott get eliminated and it was just like but I didn't take away from it um, quote unquote five star match all time classic yeah. um, for me match of the week when you couple in the fact that who was who was wrestling, uh-huh. what they produced, and the moment it, 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 they'd done it in, um, um, overall, like fantastic.
3: So, the first time I watched it, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, I was watching it with my daughter, uh, an impressionable age. Two women main event in one day at the nature WrestleMania, so that was more of that. That watch of that match was more of a. Um. Oh, what's the word? it was more of an occasion match. Um, you've got your two two black wrestlers main eventing a WrestleMania for the first time ever. Um, two women, just singles, because okay, a lot of people aren't happy with triple threats, and I am, and I'll talk about that later. But we had WrestleMania thirty-five. And that was that was great. That was good fun, but this was a a very special message that was sent. But I watched it again tonight, in preparation of our rechat tonight, purely from a sort of wrestling analyst point of view. And I know I'm sounding like an idiot now, but I I wanted to watch it just with the sort of wrestling insight, wrestling insight, and this still held up because it reminded me, and this is a a personal favourite. Bianca Belair had, it was one of those ones, if it was, um, I imagine we'll hear about this in podcasts later down the line, Bianca Belair had Sasha Banks scouted big time and it reminded me very much of Edge vs Undertaker, WrestleMania 24, because any time that Sasha Banks pulled out one of her greatest hits of her moves, Bianca had a counter, just like Undertaker and Edge, they had count, Edge countered Undertaker all night long in t- WrestleMania 24. Um, the Meteora, I can't remember exactly right now what she did, but she she reversed a Meteora. Uh, the suicide dive out the ropes, she powered through it, John Cena style, when he was US champ. You, you mentioned the earlier the military press. The, the Meteora against the, the barricade, she moved out the way. Even when it comes to Sasha Banks pulling at Bianca's hair, there were at least three occasions, and I'm not I'm not even counting the, the hair whip spot, where Sasha tried to use Bianca's hair as a weapon, and it backfired on her because Bianca had a reversal ready for her. Uh, and there was a very special bit, and I thought it was really, really well done, where and it was a callback, in my opinion, to... Brooklyn, NXT take over Brooklyn number one, where Sasha Banks has got the the bank statement in, and then Bailey grabs the ropes and Sasha Banks like sort of kicks up off the ropes and goes does they both do a mm-hmm. backward roll into the bank statement again. That happened on Saturday night, and Bianca Belair rolled forward again to make sure she reached the rope, and it, it was a oh just an absolutely wonderful moment where it's as if it's as if Bianca Baylor had watched Sasha Banks' greatest hits and had an answer for every single one of them because she rolled forward, she grabbed the ropes at that moment for the bank statement um, she rolled out the way for the Meteora out on the, the barricade she had an answer for almost everything and it was very, very reminiscent of her personal favourite in Edge and Undertaker 24 it was reminiscent of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn night one. Or sorry, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn one. And the story for me personally was that Bianca had scouted Sasha Banks something awful and she had an answer for everything. And, and Sasha had an answer for a few things as well. And I've seen, I, I, I don't take away from the folk who've said on Twitter recently, Sasha Banks is the best wrestler in North America. Best women's wrestler in North America, but Bianca Belair.
2: I think sorry, I think what they're saying is Sasha is the best North American wrestler
3: that's been. I, I I appreciate those sentiments, but Bianca Belair had an answer for a lot of them, and that's not that's not just that's not just Bianca Belair helping Bianca Belair get sorry. That's not just Sa- Sasha Banks helping Bianca Belair get over. Bianca Belair was also complicit in that symbiotic relationship of a match, and I think it was a really, really good sequences, really good reversals. Bianca had an answer for almost everything, and it was a massive put over job from Sasha. So that's where she should get get massive praise. But in terms of the match itself, Bianca Belair was stunning she was absolutely stunning and it was a very special match both from occasion, milestone history but also the work rate very 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 good match
2: unbelievable just unbelievable <laughs> I know night two uh, if you get getting to say you can um, I have nothing to say about the first two matches whatsoever. Um was Natalia putting the bloody sharp on the person who she knew she was not the legal person. Mind-boggling. Um, Randy Orton and the Fiend just get rid of the Fiend, please. Just, <laughs> just, just end it and bring back cult leader Bray Wyatt, please. Yep. Do that and I'll be very happy. I don't have anything to say. My issue, my issue with Randy Orton and the Fiend is Orton legit tried to kill the Fiend. He just the last thing we saw the fiend, like at before before making his return, he was lit on fire and left for dead. So the response to that is to we'll just have a normal wrestling match. If someone tries to murder you, you don't revert back and have a normal a a no a no no stipulation wrestling match. Like that Mm. makes no sense. That bothered me. You know what else bothered me actually? I saw I know it's a couple of times WrestleMania, how the champion comes out first.
3: You've never liked that.
2: I hate that.
3: You are. I hate that. You are the Muslim Jr. Like
2: it's ridiculous. (laughs) I just hate Muslim (laughs) Jr. But I do though. I do. It's just ridiculous. I
3: know. I know. I know. I know. Right. I'll I'll come back to because I've actually got a couple of things to say about the first matches. But I I need to press pause because uh, it's time for a pee, okay? Right. I will admit that the entrances for... Randy Orton was quite funny because he was sort of taking the piss out of Mandy Rose. And uh, I think he was playing into a lot... He was doing a lot of the wiping of the feet thing beforehand and I don't really think that was about Mandy Rose I think that was, he's he's very happy to be back in front of a crowd I think that's what that was and I enjoyed The Fiend's entrance with the jack-in-the-box personally, I've not been a fan of The Fiend for a long time but I thought the jack-in-the-box was a nice touch and Alexa Bliss's stuff at the end with the, she's probably got some pipes running down her back or her neck with some black goo po- pumping out very good in terms of WrestleMania moments, but that's all I've got to say about it. I thought I, I just don't care, like, so I'm happy to move on. The women's tag team match, you'll know personally about Umberis. here. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Okay, there was a uh, Natalia's. Uh, Shayna Baszler needs to have a think about that knee because it's getting a bit dangerous, and just other things. But I really enjoyed that match. I think that had the intensity and the franticness that one would associate with the NXT women's tag team scene at the moment because they're all vying mm-hmm. for the the titles, very very desperate, very energetic, and I really enjoyed that match and. It, uh, I'd like to point, I'd like to give a shout out to Roman involved in that. I thought Shana Beasley had a fantastic night, but apart for those two, tell me, tell me, tell me about Logan Paul, Ricky. Tell me about him. Um, what way? You said you had a couple of points about Logan Paul.
2: Um. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit of a, you know, whatever. No, just a dick, basically. But he is, um, he's got like a ridiculous amount of subscribers on YouTube, etc. So he's got a big following from that kind of YouTuber gaming Mm -hmm. community or whatever. Um, So I get why he's involved in it, to potentially bring in some more eyes. So I get that. But the only point I wanted to make, see the stunner he took. That that bump and what he done, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Aye. Like, you know, that I thought that was really impressive. That part, I was like, you took that so damn well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. Like, I didn't have anything else to say about him. Um, his involvement was very little in it. Obviously, Um just getting involved in post-match stuff. Um, yeah. The match itself, you know, Sammy and KO. Kind when did they not deliver? I don't.
3: Really, enjoyed, first of all. I re- okay, you know what WWE is in the business of and that's making dollars so getting someone like Logan Paul and someone who I have admittedly not heard of but with kids in the house I know that there are a few YouTubers that are a big deal just now so if Logan Paul is quite the YouTuber then fair enough I just don't think he added anything to anything on Sunday night okay, he got the stunner at the end which was fine It's something for the the TMZ websites in the morning. But I could have done without Logan Paul involved in that. I don't think that was a story that needed it. I thought the the hype video, the vignette before the match, was one of the best hype vignettes I've seen in years and years and years. I thought it was fantastic. The whole thing about Sami Zayn, his descent into paranoia and delusion and just off-the-wall chaoticness. Like excellent, really good and I think the story that was told in that match was it was an, an excuse for Sami Zayn to get in his work rate moves with all the exploder suplexes the halluva kicks because let's be honest wrestling wise Sami Zayn has been a shadow of former self since his shoulders started giving him jip, but he was able to do all these super moves the the uh, blue thunder bomb, Mushinuku driver. You're, a, I know you're a big fan of that move. Yes. The Haluva kick, the half and half suplexes. It, like it was basically Sami Zayn's entire toolbox in one match, and he couldn't, he couldn't vanquish Kevin Owens, and that's the whole thing that's tying into his paranoia that no matter what he does, it doesn't matter. So I really enjoyed the combination of Sami Zayn's work rate, which is always a joy to see. No matter how rare it is, but it ties in with his character. And he's been on fire since he returned at night. Was it Night of Champions? I don't know if he returned at Night of Champions, but. Mm hmm. Like, that time anyway. So I really, really enjoyed that match. We've spoken that I was fascinated with the Sh- Shamu and Matt Riddle match, not because I'm a Matt Riddle fan anymore but I just thought Shamu looked as if he didn't want to be there and he just wanted to get the match over with as quickly as possible Uh, the broad kick beautiful like fantastic and to see him at Riddle bleed was good (laughs) Um, what were your thoughts on the the Raw Women's title match forgetting the outcome because that was one of those kind of foregone conclusion ones
2: yep I didn't have an issue with Rhea Ripley winning it because she had to win it, really, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, just to kind of touch on Sheamus and Riddle, I thought, it was a, I thought it was a really, really good match as well. Yes. Um, I thought that and the Kevin Owens match in the middle of the card were, were really, really impressive. Um, thoroughly enjoyed Sheamus beating the shit out of Riddle. Why? The Raw Women's title match I felt it was okay, but that was it. Mm. I just, I don't know... it. Almost felt like it never really got going.
3: I it was stuck in second gear. Mhm.
2: And and it's, it's not to say it was a horrible match or anything. It was just a it was a fine match. That was it. It's like, you know, um, won't go back and watch it. Wouldn't recommend it to anyone watching it, but not because it was a bad match. Just because it was a nothing really match, in my opinion.
4: Yep.
3: I I think the right person won because rear Ripley... I've spoken before that she turns up for the big matches through NXT last year. She was involved in Gonzalez, Mercedes, Martinez, Shirai. She was in the big, big matches and although she was the she was she picked up the L in those matches. She delivered. Mm-hmm. And as far as main roster goes, all that she's got is that she won the NXT title. And Charlotte actually her, sought her out, and she did very, very, very well in the Women's Royal Rumble this year. So, and she had an excellent sort of Survivor Series campaign in 2019. So, as far as the main roster goes, Ripley Ripley's quite impressive. So, I don't think it makes, I don't think it's too much of a stretch for her to beat Asuka for the championship. Uh, Asuka's title reign has kind of diminished in interest and impetus since maybe summertime which is fair enough Mm. uh, big shout out to Asuka during that Covid era because she was fantastic but she held the title for a long time so I'm more than happy for Rhea Ripley to come forward and obviously Charlotte Flair um, spitting nothing but facts during her promo on Raw last night Uh, you've got Rhea Ripley and Charlotte going forward I think with, is it called is WrestleMania of Backlash or something like that? Or can't something that I... uh, changes, or is it WrestleMania Backlash or uh, something? It kind of makes sense, but it didn't have to be named as such, but anyway you've got Rhea Ripley going forward, I can't imagine Rhea Ripley losing that title so soon after WrestleMania she's a big powerhouse she's I like, think
2: sorry, I think they'll go with a triple threat obviously um, the next mm. review with the three mm. of them. Um, good show. Rhea pins Oscar, and then you—the road will be to Rea Ripley versus Charlotte.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: so good show. Um No, as I've got an idea for a podcast episode in the future, and I'll tell you once we get f- f- done with this uh, next match. What... Just popped into my head now. You mentioned Charlotte.
3: Right. Well, is the next match the main event that we're going to have a wee chat about? Yep. On you go. Go for it.
2: I thought it was really good. Edge, you know, when he comes out, like clearly, in my opinion, was like, you know, people gave him the biggest cheer. Um, Overall, on the match, I thought the match was really, really good. Um some really hard hitting moments like triple threat matches can always go one way or another you know I um, mean I know some people then I an issue with Daniel Bryan inclusion in it but I didn't <laughs> um, I absolutely loved it when Daniel Bryan and Edge have got Roman and like the crossfire yes lock type thing and they're just sitting there headbutting each other <laughs>
3: I enjoyed that little moment Oh, um, I, I'll talk about that shortly
2: the concerto shot from Edge as well like you know some of these guys are coming back from like life, like career ending neck injuries and head injuries and stuff. And here we are just launching uh, concertos around. Um, I thought the finish at the time, I was like, whoa, whoa wait, does what does it do? Like, for a, I was almost like, wait, have you just done a dodgy looking finish here? But the re- reality was Daniel Bryan's shoulders were down, as were edges. And I just thought it was awesome, just in the sense where Roman says at SmackDown last week, he was like, I want to stack them up.
3: Uh, I know. And then uh. one,
2: two, three. And I'm like, that is as definitive as it can get. But well, obviously we always expect you so now to be involved in it. Um mm-hmm. but that was a definitive definitive end and close tonight too. Um I thought this match lived all the up to the house. <laughs> Really, really enjoyed the match. Um, it's now just a case, really, who the hell is going to be the one that beats Roman? Uh, I've got a few ideas what you can do with Roman moving forward. Um, but it's like, who's going to be the one now? Uh, and how long does Roman hold on to this? You,
3: you've uh, got you've got the folk that have had a good first quarter to the year, like your Cesaro's, your Nakamura's.
2: Cesaro's next. I think Cesaro's. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with Edge and Roman for a singles match. That wouldn't entirely shock me next. I expect Cesaro to be involved in it over the summer at some point. And then with the draft or the Superstar shake-up, what you want to call it, we could potentially get Drew coming over. I think that makes all the sense Ooh. in the world to move Drew to SmackDown now.
3: Really? Okay.
2: Because I don't think there's many there's much left right. there for Drew now. That's a good point. Once he loses this rematch to Bobby Lashley, which I expect him to. You could build Roman and Drew for some or some if you wanted. Or if you don't do that, then you know, Drew could maybe win the Royal Rumble next year if Roman's gonna hold it on to it nick till next year. I don't know. Um but in terms of this match, Daniel Bryan's out of the scene now. Um but well, I that I thought it was a really, really good match. Um, everything about it, Jay also does what he does. It was and then quickly, he's out the match straight away. So I was like I liked that they got the majority of the shenanigans out the way early mm-hmm. um, and got so out of there. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really, really yeah. terrific match and it was a yeah. real good way to end the show.
3: Aye. I think personally, it f- far exceeded the expectations and I know that listening to podcasts over the years, that wrestlers themselves aren't massive fans of triple threat matches Mm -hmm. but I think there's been a lot of classics over the years, you've had um, Rock, Triple H and Mankind, Rock, Triple H and, no sorry, Austin, Triple H and Mankind Rock, Triple H and Kurt Angle, Triple H Benoit and Shawn Michaels Um, fast forward in a wee bit you've had Cena uh, Cena, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar You've had the Shield triple threat. You've had Daniel Bryan, Daniel uh, Dave Batista, and Randy Orton. I think, personally, that this one that we've seen here should be included in the the classic triple threat matches that we've seen over the years. And it ticked many a box for me personally. You had the the hashtag organized chaos that you and I are big fans of. On the the old Ricky and Clive show, love yep. love some organised chaos, and this was very much that because although sometimes what happens in triple threat matches is that someone just takes takes a powder and has a wee back seat. You had Jay Uso in there keeping things interesting out in the the barrier area, so the organised chaos was there. Um, maybe not so much Daniel Bryan, but the acting chops on the Edge and Roman Reigns where, like, Edge's descent into insanity or just derangement, where, like, like, there was a point where he was almost googly-eyed with just, uh, all, I, all I need is just to beat these folk just now, I need that title. He was so hell-bent on winning the title that he literally looked googly-eyed at some point. Uh, there was a bit as well where Roman was near the commentary table and the fans were shouting, Roman sucks. And he... Roman sucks, Roman sucks and he looked absolutely furious with him and it, obviously like over the years he's been dealing with that for a long time but the inc- incredulity in his face, is like how dare you how dare you say that to me especially with his whole head of the table gimmick that he's got going on the tribal chief stuff and then he powerbombed Daniel Bryan through the table the commentary table And he's just like that to the crowd. Don't you dare say stuff like that to me. Mm. Um,
2: It was different booze than ones he'd been used to getting.
3: Aye. Uh, It was actually nice to see the fans behave during a Roman Reigns match, if that makes sense. Mm. And just the look of just disgust on Roman's face when he heard the Roman Sucks chant, when he's been going on this Tribal Chief run for a long time. It really hit home the the bit with the the chair that kind of broke apart, and sp- specifically as well, you'd mentioned it when Daniel Bryan and Edge started headbutting each other. What was specific about that was Edge was headbutting Daniel Bryan; he started it with. And bear in mind, Daniel Bryan had to take time off because of his his concussions. And Daniel Bryan, after the back and forth, he went for Edge's neck and Edge had to take time off, well, not time off, he had to medically retire because of his neck, so he was hammering into Edge's neck. It's like... Zero fucks given. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) Just... It was an organised chaos mixed perfectly with storytelling of all these guys, their backstories. Um, And then... The audacity for the concertos to be getting splashed out. A, a concerto, did obviously, like, let's be honest, da- Edge was probably very careful with how he did the concerto. Like, he, sp- he splayed the chair out differently to how he splayed the chair out to Roman Reigns. So, like, it was all orchestrated very safely. But for Edge to concerto Daniel Bryan on the head and then for Rowan to do it, and then the sheer brass neck of Roman Reigns after, as you said, Roman Reigns to say, I will beat you and I will stack you. And he stacked them up, Nintendo Switches in hand, <laughs> to Brie Bella and Beth Phoenix and just stack those guys up. It was a masterclass for many reasons. But primarily, I think for the acting involved, Daniel Bryan's obviously not, he's not He's not been involved in Hollywood and he's not known for his sort of acting skills. But just for his wrestling acumen, the temerity, the, the, the tenacity of Daniel Bryan in a match is always, when he goes that bit further and he's got a bit of bite to his wrestling, which he definitely had in WrestleMania this week. Roman Reigns, it was, it was just. It
2: was like a. Sorry to of cut you off when, when Edge got the concerto done to him, it was a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a almost poetic mm-hmm. justice in a sense that he's right. done this for years and he was trying to do it at Rome and, and and it happens what happens is it that that's the move that oh, basically oh, I puts him down.
3: And just there was a there was a lot of commentary online over the last few weeks like, oh, this Daniel Bryan's a heel for inserting himself into this. Edge isn't a heel. We all watch outside of wrestling, we watch TV shows where there are anti heroes aplenty, where they've all got a very grey moral compass. And basically that was that was that was three heels in the ring. And the acting chops involved on all of them, like Edge looking deranged, Roman Reigns Roman looking incredulous, Daniel Bryan looking tenacious. It's like that was that should be something that should they should be shown in the performance center to the ones coming in. It's like this is how you act, this is how you wrestle, and it was the. Organised chaos but also the urgency. It was a really fast paced match. Like, yes, we had Walter Trampa. Yes we had Bianca and Sasha. But this for me was this was match of the week for me. Just and what a perfect way to cap it off. Just fantastic. Yeah, like I say
2: it was a unbelievable match. Um,
3: Great. Paul Heyman GOSO played their part as well.
2: No, they did. They always do. Whether we like that JOSO involvement or not, but um I think, I felt you've rounded up quite well. Um, Thank you. I try my best. <laughs> enjoy that. I enjoyed everything about that much.
1: Um
3: like...
2: I say it's a two two good shows. Um good way to end it. Um it's so now
3: just going to be interesting to see who ends Roman's reign now. Well, uh, shout out to Sir Sam. He's he's chanting, he's chanting WrestleMania thirty nine before he's dethroned. <laughs> I saw that. That's a bold statement.
2: As but. You know, that's a lot of title defences and that's running a through lot a lot
3: people. of people. A lot of pay-per-views there.
2: It isn't like, you know, like Okada, who had the title for so long, but he only had about seven or eight defences because they were so spread and spaced out, where you don't get kind of like, oh, God, he's beat another person, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, that would be the only issue. I can, I can definitely see, I think you holds it to at least SummerSlam. And then I think if he goes past SummerSlam, Summer, I just don't see him losing until WrestleMania. I can yep. definitely see WrestleMania next year.
3: And I think there are... Lexus. I just hope
2: it's not against The Rock, though.
3: Do you know what? And you know my feelings on the whole part-timers slash legends. Like, if it turned out that this wasn't for the title, I'd be all for The Roman and The Rock.
2: And as long as he lays waste to The Rock.
3: Oh, I like, it has to destroy him.
2: Like, right, give me a, a fucking five minute squash where Roman just kills him.
3: <laughs> and I, I appreciate Roman because I think that he benefited the most out of absolutely everyone in this enclosed studio environment. Definitely, definitely. Um, but he excelled big time in in front of a crowd because, as I was saying earlier, the. The, the aghast look in his face that he was being booed, and he's personally probably thought about that for a long time. But now he's able to show it. It's like, how how dare you boo me? Mm. I I put I put food on all these wrestlers' tables, and it's just like I could I could go on and on. And like Sir Sam, and I think you got in a, a wee back and forth with him. Sir Sam has recently. Chucked um, the column writing for a while, and all he wanted to do over this last weekend was talk about Bianca and Sasha. I could write about five thousand words about this triple threat that happened. Well,
2: no, I just to say to Sam, just write it and post it on Twitter.
3: Aye, do a bold thread. Mm-hmm. Do you know? What I'm sad. About? <laughs> oh,
2: that's not what I was meaning. I was meaning like just type it up and just attach it on Twitter. Oh, i right. <laughs> rather than like
3: a, a five hundred tweet thread. W- what I thought was very. A very funny thread about NXT Takeover Night One. Nobody liked it. Like not even one like. I even uh, put at the end. Sedgwick loved it. What a great, what a great night of wrestling. Cedric loved it, and I added him, Nobody liked it.
2: <laughs> oh no! Somebody go like it, please.
3: Uh, I tweeted Brian Alvarez, Brian Alvarez last night. Said what? I just said Brian. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) You
2: spelled your name
3: wrong. Ah, I know. It's it's actually Brian with an I. Actually, but just you put the full stop as well. I know, Brian full stop. You can check it out. But yeah, I think. What last question before we finish? And I'm going to take. Wrestlemania 36 out of the equation because that was behind closed doors it was very early it was in the infancy of the whole Covid stuff so I'm not <laughs> going to use that as a comparison what are your thoughts on Wrestlemania being two nights going forward I like it so do I I think
2: don't get me wrong like I watch it I will watch it but it's like five six hours you know I'll, you know um, but it's difficult it is Um
3: Especially if you're working,
2: exactly, and, and for the most part, we normally are the following day. And mm-hmm. to you know, and I remember, uh, you, know, you would if you watched WrestleMania, like it wasn't going to finish until like it wasn't finishing until like five o'clock and stuff. Yeah, and you're just like right, you know, I need to wake up for another ever for work. Um, and don't get me wrong, like Saturday night ended later than anticipated but it was a Saturday night so it was fine you know getting a Sunday
3: the, the whole obviously you've well. got
2: kids and stuff but still you're not having to wake up an hour later um, and and that wasn't they couldn't control it but yeah I'm all for two nights I like the two night format yep. um,
3: especially if a lot of the I mean can, I, I imagine if it was one night Apollo wouldn't have had his chance to shine
2: he would have probably been on a pre-show or something yep. and I think two nights cuts out some of the BS you might see in like a six hour WrestleMania Uh you know there doesn't seem to be much nonsense happening
3: Uh Um, so I know that one or two two matches weren't great but none of them overstayed their welcome you're talking 20 minutes max so it was a good turnover good turnaround Uh, a lot of Raw and a lot of Smackdown was represented a lot of the women's division was represented. A lot of the mid card was represented. I personally like um I I've not actually checked it out, but I'm gonna look up WWE's YouTube for the whole Bruggenhagen, uh, Old Spice twenty four seven stuff. I know that's not mm-hmm. for everyone, but I do enjoy Tazawa and Drew Gulak. Like, there's some two oh five live mainstays and Bruggenhagen's a good laugh, so I'm gonna check that out. So even even them as adverts for going over to the YouTube stuff I liked, the, the fact that it was two nights, it makes it an occasion, like personally the six, six hour shows don't suit me because I am either working or because it's the, usually the Easter week I'm travelling to see family so those usually don't suit me but this this two night this two night affair I think it's great because a lot of a lot of people are represented you get a lot of matches and they are what twenty minutes maximum and for the takeovers to be added into that i like i've I've seen a lot of great wrestling this last week Ricky a lot of great wrestling no i i agree I like the
2: format the format's good and they should keep it mhm
3: and I'm happy with the two-night takeover as well.
2: Uh, same. I could probably see them moving forward just doing a one-night takeover.
3: Maybe. Maybe make it three hours or something. Yep, what we like normally do. Um, with, <laughs> I, I think all the TV specials they've had and some of the takeovers have been, they have been good, but in a time where I think NXT has personally Has missed that Full sale That smarky crowd I think that was The best takeover In a long time Maybe since pro- Aye pro- Since Portland It's a big Bold claim. It is a bold claim,
2: But uh, Obviously You know Because takeovers Normally have five matches Three of mm-hmm. You know so We had what Was it like Ten matches in total All
3: right. Yeah I think night one had some great stuff, and night two had a couple of very standout matches as well. Yep. So it's been a a solid a solid week of wrestling, a solid um, justification of the ten pounds we pay for the network. Also, uh, I I'm probably finishing up now, but. Jericho on Steve Austin. Yeah, to watch it. Very good, actually. Jericho with the biggest face turn of all time after this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, I'll, I'll I'll
2: watch it. I've heard I've heard a few things about it, but right. I'm going to I'll definitely going to watch oh, it. That is good. See how it is. Um, so the idea I was going to say before we go. Yes. This thing about Sasha being the best wrestler, North American wrestler, female wrestler. I saw a lot of people saying, like, compare the four horsewomen, rank them, etc. So I was thinking, for an episode after a return, we pick the five best matches from each horsewoman. NXT, Raw, SmackDown, whatever you want. Five matches for each of them. And we go through them. Mm-hmm. Just just generally, we no, don't take any like, proper detail. And based on some of that stuff... We rank them ourselves.
3: Oh, that's a topic. Now, does this include matches against each other?
2: Oh well, yeah, I mean, like, so for instance, um, uh, Sasha and Bailey, or uh, last one is uh, last, last standing Hell between, uh, uh, between uh, Charlotte and Becky. Like, if that's going to be in Charlotte's list, then you know, and it's it's also on Becky's list. You know, so be it. That's fine. Um, and I think. I I already have an idea how I'd rank them. Um, to me, and just quite briefly, but I will talk about it. But Becky's the real anomaly. Like I don't know how to rank her because this is just me off the top of my head. I can maybe think of. I would say like two or three matches. Three matches probably that come right to my head and be like, no, they were straight up. Bangers and they stand up against any of the other possible matches. I
3: think. Uh... But
2: I I think Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte. I could probably name like a good eight or nine matches where I'm like they were really good, but then it's Becky's whole fucking like eighteen month, two year run that she had. We are just like, do you know what? Like you reached a height that a lot of people don't.
3: Honestly, like, I would put Bailey last out of the four of them. Now I know she had a great eighteen months there, um, but in terms of match quality, uh, collection, the other three have got better matches to their name than Bailey. Bailey's character work was better than a lot of them. Bailey's character work was sensational, but if we're talking about matches, then you ha- like Charlotte and Sasha are way above the pair of the other two. Like Miles,
2: That's, I would probably put Bailey last, but you know, let's Bailey had bangers in NXT.
3: She had a couple of bangers like in NXT.
2: And I also think that I know NXT then was in a smaller scale, but. How much of an impact she was having in NXT as well? Like, I, I just think we'll make for a good discussion. But I, I think we probably will agree that Bailey will be last on it. Uh, I just, I genuinely don't know how to rank the other three. I really don't because well, I know people are going to be talking about well, Sasha's had like two good runs. That's true, but she had so many good matches in those runs.
3: I know, like, and I've been vocal in my sort of criticism of Sasha, but even. Even with singles matches included in that, like Charlotte and Sasha are way above the other two.
2: But I think that's where Becky's impact comes into it, though.
3: I know that. That's
2: that's 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 the thing, and I think um, the thing with Sasha is that, like, she has had a lot of really good matches, a lot, and I think she's had good matches with, like, she had a really good match with Carmella. And I think if we have them all at their absolute best, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: you know, that's an argument. I think you know, I think I think I think what I've saw from Sasha recently Mm -hmm. there's an argument to be made that none of them hit those heights for quality of work and everything.
3: I think We'll, we'll 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 stop the discussion because this is a very good conversation. But I think Sasha has had better matches with and out with the four horsewomen than the rest of them.
2: That's so we'll talk about off here, but that could be kind of deciding factors. Who you know, like maybe we find a common opponent. mhm you know, has had bangers but, with them all. But
3: Bailey's had matches with the, the the lower tiered women.
2: Exactly. So, it'll be interesting. We'll
3: very, see how we do with that. Very wise. Uh, very good stuff. But until then, uh, do you want to do the plug? since this your last week? <laughs> nope, not at all. Oh, this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio, have Made a Return, uh, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match Generator, 8-bits, 8-Bit Bits, Eight Suplex Podcast, Grave Consequences and All Things Elite. Uh, give us a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. You can also find us at socialsuplex.com where you can get the podcasts and the columns sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button. Head over to the show notes and you will see links to uh, pages that you're able to donate to us and pages where you can buy some Social Suplex merch at prowrestlingtees.net We are at, well, basically Josh Josh Smith is at uh, the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group his uh, work during the NXT TakeOver <laughs> night one was superlative. <laughs> and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Now that, that I am able to avoid spoilers and whatnot, should be a bit more vocal on Twitter. We are at Ricky and Clive. Ricky? Yep. Uh, thank you. This has been a, I think this has been a very good conversation tonight. No, it's been good. You am know, I'm, I'm gone now for a month a month. But no matter what happens next week, it's gonna be a quiz week. I'll get some I'll get some people on or a person on and we'll get some quiz quiz work on the go. Wrestling, cricket, Manchester United <laughs>
2: Pokemon. Oh no, A month away. I'll probably
3: not even go on Twitter either during this month. You'll probably uh, come in at some point and say something random. yeah, uh, maybe. But enjoy, enjoy Ramadan. Hope it's not too taxing for you. I shall do my best. Good.
2: But well, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll speak to you soon.
3: Uh, yes, we will
0: speak to you next week. Good night. Bye, guys.